Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at Coastline Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Good morning. And Merry Christmas. Did you know that this is Christmas Sunday? Some of you are going like, really? Like, I thought next week would be Christmas Sunday. No, no, no. Next week is Christmas Eve. That's different. Next week will be our big production. We're going to squeeze in and be all together. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. But today is the day where we slow down and just kind of reflect on the Christmas story. So lots of Christmas songs. I was going to mention to you that if you liked some of the songs that you heard or would like to become more familiar with them, they're actually, those arrangements were written by our team. And I think Hark, uh, where's Pastor Luke? Where's Luke? Um, oh, he, okay, so Hark is a, a single, so it's out there somewhere as a single. And then wherever you download music, you can download our Coastline music. So there's Hark, which is a, a single, and then there's the Carols album, and you can get ready for next week. You can listen to it all week long. You can download that where you download music um, and, uh, and just get yourselves ready for next week. So that's the big production, but today we're going to stop, we're going to pause, we're going to reflect And we've been in a series called Light and Easy, and it's based on Jesus' invitation where he says to us that we can come to him and we can exchange our heaviness and our burdens for what he gives to us, which is light and easy. Light and easy. And so that's the name of the series, and it's based on that verse. The Lord invites us to that exchange. So how do we do that? The only way we can take up his light and easy is to let go of some things. We've got to let go of our burdens. So we've been talking about a few things, letting go of stuff, letting go of distractions. This week, I'm going to talk about letting go of control. And some of you are saying, oh, no, this is the week I was supposed to stay home. I didn't want to hear this one. I, I was going to miss this one. Well, you're here. Surprise. You know, these are the kind of things that hold us back spiritually. And so we want to talk about them and uh, ask you, I'll start with a question. How many of you can honestly say that there's some area in your life where you would like to control things? Lift your hand if that's you. Some of you are worshiping. You got two hands up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, this is, this is real. Um, when, it, when it comes to control, it's something that we all face. And if you're here today and you were just trying to raise the hand of the person next to you, I'm really glad you're here. This message is for you. Um, But today is also a precious day for us because it's a time to reflect. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually go into the Christmas story. And in this story, we're going to see a beautiful exchange where Mary gets to make a decision about whether she's going to control or whether she's going to surrender. And that's going to really be our lesson for today. And so I'd like to ask you to stand to your feet. And I want to read a little piece of the Christmas story to you. And this is from the New Living Translation. So it doesn't match up with the Bible that's in the pew. But I just really appreciated the way it was said here. And I want to read it with you. I'll read it and you can read along on the screen behind me. And I'm asking you to stand because... This is one of those times where we can re-engage a little bit differently. Sometimes when when we change our posture, it allows our brains to kind of kick in just a little bit. And this passage might be quite familiar. It's from Luke chapter 1. And so maybe in standing together, we'll engage in a way that will allow it to settle on us in a precious and special way. So I'll I'll start reading in verse 26 of chapter 1. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy... 
God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And before I continue reading, let me just say some of you today are here and there's confusion, there's disturbance in life, and you're going through that right now, maybe asking yourself what's actually happening here, maybe saying to yourself, I wish things were different, or I don't fully understand, or how am I going to fix this, or how do I figure this out? The Christmas story identifies with those feelings. Let's continue to read. It says in verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, the name above all names, Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, this isn't very convenient. This isn't in my five-year plan. I've already got my wedding dress, and I've got the sunset shot picked out for the Instagram. (laughs) No, Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I actually really appreciate the way the ESV version says that last verse. Let me read it to you. It says, Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Wow. This is our text for today. And I just appreciate how Mary quoted the Beatles. Let it be. <laughs> so as you, as you take your seat, why don't you say hello to someone and say to them, let it be. You know, this is one of those kind of sermons that really hits us all at different points. And I I think even today, we'll all leave with something to be thinking about. Uh, And, um, you know, we're kind of in that season right now. I'm going to keep the message simple. The reason why is because you don't see yourself, but I do. And about this time of year, you all look like either like this or like this. One of the two, right? So we're going to keep it simple today. I want you to know what a privilege it is for me to be with you today and to share from God's word in this Christmas season. This is my 22nd Christmas with Coastline Church, with this family. That's really special to me. Such a joy to have been here and been among you for such a long time. And each year is special. It's a time where we reflect and where we we draw together. And I I feel really blessed to open God's word with you today. Um, but the idea of control, it's something that we all struggle with. And some of you might be saying, I know, I'm so glad so-and-so is here. I'm so glad my spouse is here. I'm so glad they're here. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link this online to them because they really need to hear this. But, the, you know, this message is for me and for you. It's for us as individuals. Some of you would say, no, no, I'm not controlling. I'm just aggressively helpful. <laughs> right? Some of you might say, no, 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 I'm, 
I'm just thoroughly organized. But some of you are around so tight you make coffee nervous. <laughs> and this is one of those seasons where we have to rethink what control really means. You know, you can display a lot of control when it comes to your children, what they wear, how they do their hair, even pressing them on certain uh, achievement goals with exams and majoring in college and, and even trying to choose their spouse. Some of you are married and, and it's easy to try to control your spouse, where they go, how they drive, what not to say, what to say. You can even finish each other's sentences in a not good way. Uh, but for all of us, there's times where life events happen and we think, no, 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 I want to decide how this plays out. I want to decide how this goes. I don't want these events to happen. I want God to do this, this way, because that's how I want it. And sometimes we want to control our image. You know, we want to make sure that we're able to manage what people think. And social media really gives us a snapshot of that, no pun intended. Life, you know, that we want others to see is what we put on social media. It's filtered. It's edited. Even if it takes 23 attempts, I'm going to get the lips just right on this photo, right? You know, it's kind of funny. I love getting Christmas cards. Anybody getting Christmas cards from, from people this time of year, you know, with photos of the family or individuals? And it's a Christmas card that's a Merry Christmas. Here's a picture of us. And, you know, sometimes it's like people are in Hawaii last summer and they send you a picture in the middle of December. I think they're just trying to rub it in. Um, but for the most part, it's that really perfect family picture, you know, where you're all together and everyone's smiling just right. And there's so many cuddles and laughter. And sometimes there's like eight pictures and smiles and the whole bit. And, and I just love it. But I always look at the card and I say, how many attempts did it take to make this card happen? How many marital fights were there? How, how many screaming children? How many, how many upset moments how many times would we have to do a retake or an edit or put that face on that body or take that out of the background? Why? So we can put it on Instagram with the hashtag blessed, right? <laughs> right? You know, it's interesting when you think about control because the more we try to control, the more we become afraid of losing control. And the more we're afraid of losing control, the more we try to control. It's a vicious circle, and we can get stuck in it. And that's why I really believe this topic fits so well within our greater series. Why? Because if you struggle with a sense of a need for control, it is a burden. And Jesus says, come to me, and I'll take your burden, and I'll make it light and easy. Letting go of control. I only have one thought for you today, and although it's simple to explain, it's not easy to do, and this thought's going to come up on the screen behind me, and I'll refer to it throughout the message today. It's simply this. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. I'm going to say it again. I want you to really think about this. You don't always have the power to control, but you always have the power to surrender. Always, always have the power to surrender. You know, you can't control your kids. Did you know that? Some of you have little kids. You're still under the illusion that you can control your kids. I'm so sorry, you can't. You're just bigger and stronger right now, but someday they'll remind you you can't control them, right? 
right? Anybody with teenagers in the house? Yeah. You can't control your kids. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your diagnosis or your loss or your accident or your crisis. But you can always surrender them to Jesus. Always. You can always give them to the Lord. You can always let them go to Jesus. God, take my kids. Take my marriage. Take my future. Take my diagnosis. Take my loss. Take my hurt. Take my pain in crisis. And the Lord is so gracious. He says, come to me. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. I'll make it lighter. I'll make it easier. I'll do it with you. Some of you would say, well, thanks for pointing out Mary's story to us, but let's be honest, that's not a fair example. It was more, you know, it was an easier journey for her. After all, she's the mother of Jesus. She had to be kind of special. No, friends, she was a teenage girl, maybe 12 to 15 years old, just a child, really. And the angel comes to her, and she has a decision to make. She, she had hopes, she had dreams, she had fears, she had pressures, just like any other girl. And yet she was faced with the most incredible, incredible decision. Am I going to trust God in the middle of this crazy, crazy visitation from the angel? You know, the truth is, is when Mary lived, there was greater pressure to get married than there is today. She lived with a stigma about needing identity that comes from another person. She needed someone else to help her create a meaningful future. She couldn't do it on her own. And she was dependent upon her husband. And her choices were limited. She couldn't travel to find the man of her dreams. There was no e-harmony or Christian mingle. She was on her own. She had to figure it out. But you know what I am sure of? I'm sure that Mary had dreams in her heart. And and okay, they're not these dreams, but these ones are fun. So let's think about them for a minute. I can imagine. Go with me in your imagination. As she dreams about meeting Mr. Wright, about him proposing on the Bethlehem Bridge as the sun sets behind her. <laughs> the photographer catching the moment and the Instagram post is just perfect shot. And she'd get married in the Jerusalem chapel, of course, in the garden. And she'd have two kids, Joey Jr., and maybe Sophia, or Ava, or Olivia. I don't know yet. We'll decide later. We'd have a dog, and we'd watch Netflix. It'd be so great. I'm sure she had dreams. I'm sure she also had hopes. She wanted Joseph to be strong and handsome and charming and have a nice car. I mean, donkey, donkey. Have a good job and a bright future and strong hands but a soft heart. You know, kind of that, that good mix of bold yet humble, decisive yet flexible, well-groomed but not soft, fit but not obsessed, big goals yet easygoing, and feel, I want to feel safe with him, but I need him to be a little dangerous. <laughs> not really, right? Mary didn't have any of those hopes and dreams, but she did have some hopes and dreams. She hoped that Joseph would provide a secure future for her. She hoped that he would lead but not dominate as the culture would give him license to do so. That he would be confident but also caring. That he would love God. That he would be a spiritual leader and, and maybe someone that they could raise a beautiful family together. She had hopes. She had dreams. But then the angel shows up. And the angel begins to unfold something that left her confused and disturbed. She wasn't ready for this. You're going to be with child, Mary. This isn't what she wanted. 
It wasn't what she expected. It wasn't what she was asking for. It's actually the opposite. And some of you have had similar experiences to Mary. You know, maybe you feel like your family's all put together. You've got your three kids and then, oops, now there's four. Or maybe it's just the opposite where you felt like you've always wanted children and you've been left childless. You can be in these places where you feel disturbed and confused, disappointed. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Sometimes it's major events in your life. Your company decides to downsize and now you're having sleepless nights because you're not sure about your job. Maybe there's a relational issue or a health challenge or you're dealing with a loss that you just simply weren't expecting. And like Mary, you don't know the end of the story. Can you keep that in mind? She did not know the end of the story. She had no idea how Joseph would respond. She had no idea who this child would be or how this child would be raised. She had no idea that someday there would be statues of her and that she would be called a hero and that people would worship her very son. She just had to surrender. That's it. Just surrender. And listen, you don't always have the power to control, but come on, say it with me. You always have the power to surrender. Always. You always have the power to surrender. You see, Mary had to make a choice, didn't she? A choice between her plans and God's purpose, between her dreams and God's destiny, between her desire for control and God's calling. And listen to me, this is so true. Even though she doesn't understand the plan, she chose to trust that God had a purpose. Can you do that? Can you do that? In the midst of the battle for control, can you do that? Can you trust that even though you don't understand the plan, can you trust that God's purpose is good and it's for you? I want to invite you to do something with me. I want to invite you just to make a fist. Would you do that with me? Everybody, come on, let's do this. This is, this is participation time, okay? Okay, let's all make a fist. Just hold that fist there for just a moment. I want you to think about this. When you hold that fist, it really gives you an image of your will, of your control. And when you hold a fist like this, it becomes very clear that in the area of control, it's saying, let me be in control. But remember what Mary said, and it will help you relax into the blessing, into the light and easy of Jesus, because she said, let it be done unto me. And her hand opened at that moment, and she said, Lord, whatever it is that you want, that's what I want. You know, I've learned uh, one of the ancient uh, desert fathers uh, taught those that followed him the prayer of indifference. And the prayer of indifference is simply this. I want God's will. But it wasn't that simple. It came with three phrases. It was, I want God's will. Nothing less, nothing more, and nothing different. That is saying, let it be unto me. Let it be done unto me. You don't always have the power to control but you always have the power to surrender. And you know, there's no such thing as partial surrender. That's a tough one. There's no such thing as 87% surrendered, right? It's like, I'm putting my hands up, but I still got a knife in my pocket, right? There's no such thing as an 87% surrender. There's no conditions in surrender. There's no strings attached. There's no clauses. It's surrender. It's 100%. It's all of it. 
And some of us kind of play this game a little bit with God, where we say, I'm ready to trust you, Lord. I'm, I'm ready to trust you with some things, but maybe not with everything. I'm ready to trust you with the things that I can't control, but if I can control it, maybe I just will. And it kind of shows up like this. You know, I trust you, God, to save my soul, but I'll work on controlling my kids. Don't worry, I got that, God. Or I, I'll, I'll trust you to forgive what I've done in the past, but I'll go ahead and direct my future. I, had, I was at a Christmas party last night with a lot of people, and I found a quiet spot to sit down, and a couple of other guys did the same, and we were sitting there together chatting, and one of the guys said to the other guy, both of these are friends of mine, and said, so how's it going? And rather than the other guy saying, well, you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, kids, good. House, good. Family, good. You know, Christmas. Oh, yeah, here it comes. This individual, with like face glowing, I might add, said, the Lord has really been working on me. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting forward in my chair a little bit. I'm listening a little bit. I'm like, I didn't expect this at the Christmas party, you know, and and he begins to share about how God has been teaching him and leading him in this, in this journey. And, and talks about how, you know, it's, he, said, he actually said, it's a bit scary. But I've actually come to the point, and listen, this is where I, boy, I just, had to, I just had to hold on to this. He said, I've come to the point, and it's a little bit scary, where I really am saying to God, God, you can have it all. And I thought, I am seeing Surrender. It's visible to me. I see it with my eyes. I can see the difference on the countenance. This is a person I've known for many years. I see it. There's a difference. There's a difference. And so surrender doesn't work only in 87%. It has to be 100%. There's no such thing as a partial surrender. And here's what I've learned. My desire to control is rooted in a lack of faith. Really, that's what it comes down to. I'm not sure, God, if you're going to look after it, and so I will. And when I overestimate my ability to control, I underestimate the power of God. Someone say amen to that. When I overestimate my ability to control, I underestimate the power of God. It's a trust issue, friends. Control becomes a trust issue. And I don't always have the power to control, but I always have the power to Surrender, surrender. But everything in our, our culture invites us into something else, doesn't it? It invites us into controlling our own destiny, making our own way, taking charge, making things happen. But you know, Jesus said just the opposite, didn't he? In fact, it's in Matthew 10, 39. He says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That's surrender, friends. To follow Jesus is to surrender control. Let it be unto me, just as you have said. Let it be that way. And here's the truth. Surrender isn't a one-time event. Isn't that, isn't that too bad? <laughs> yeah, back in 2002, I surrendered. Boy, it was a great moment. It's been nothing but roses ever since. No. Surrender is daily, isn't it? Surrender is a daily event. It's something we have to choose every single day. And here's the thing. When we look at Mary's surrender, when we look at this story and we see Mary's surrender, what we see is that every time she chooses to surrender, she experiences the faithfulness of God. 
God shows up when we surrender, friends. There is faithfulness in it. I want you to think about her story. I mean, she says, okay, angel Gabriel, let it be to me as you have said. I'm surrendered, but I have no ability to control what happens next. I surrender, and the faithfulness of God shows up. Gabriel appears to Joseph. Joseph receives her and covers her. The faithfulness of God. Then the child comes, and they're in Bethlehem, and and Herod is raging and wants to kill all the babies, and they have to flee. But the faithfulness of God is there with gold, frankincense, and myrrh to pay for the trip to Egypt so they can be free. You know, you follow the storyline all the way through. Wherever surrender is present in Mary's life, the faithfulness of God shows up. Even at the cross, as she has to surrender her own son to his death for the sin of the world, she looks on, and from the cross, Jesus expresses God's faithfulness to her by saying, John, this is now your mother, and mom, this is now your son. The faithfulness of God. God looks after her. God takes care of her. Why? Because she chose surrender, and she didn't have the power to control but she had the power to surrender. And so here's the question, friends. Is it possible that Jesus learned surrender by watching Mary? <laughs> Think about his life. Maybe she, maybe she created the image or the emblem for him throughout the years with her surrender and God's faithfulness. That one day when he bowed in the garden, he was able to say what she said. Not my will, but yours be done, God. And and even upon the cross, when his life is literally hanging between heaven and earth, Jesus says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. That's surrender, friends. I don't know where this is leading. I don't know what tomorrow will hold, but I'll trust you, God, because you're faithful. I'll surrender to you because you will Look after me. I can clench my fist and control, or I can open my hand and say, let it be done unto me according to your word. Why? Because I don't always have the power to control, but I always have the power to surrender. Let me pray with you. And as I do, would you mind standing to your feet for just a moment? We're going to go into a song of worship and and make our way from this place. But before we do, I wonder if you could just bow your head with me for just a moment and let's have a minute of prayer. Or I'm going to ask you a question. What is it that you are trying to control? What is it that you need to surrender? Is it a relationship? Is it a fear? Is it an addiction that's plagued your life? Is it a financial burden? Does your heart ache for your children today? Is it a health crisis or the health of someone you love? Are you hurting? Go back to that image of the clenched fist. And just before the Lord, relax that hand in saying, God, let it be done unto me according to all that you have said. As we continue praying for just a minute, I wonder if there's someone here who would say, I've never actually surrendered my life to Jesus. Did you know that that's the pathway into the presence of God, into eternal life, surrendering to Jesus? 
So I want to invite you to do that today. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you can do it right now. You can simply say, Jesus, I am sorry for the sin of the past, for times when I've lived in my own control and I now surrender my life to you. Be my God. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Forgive my sin. I want to be in relationship with you. I I say, let it be to me according to your will. I come to you. I come to you today. Receive me, Jesus. Church, I'm going to pray in just a moment, but before I do, I wanted to say on behalf of myself and Lisa, we really love you. Some of you would say, you don't know me. And I would say, you're right, I don't know you, but when God gives you love, you love. Love that we have for you as a church, for you as an individual, is God-given. And when you love something, (laughs) you want the best for it. And in that process, sometimes you want to direct it. But you know what's been the journey of surrender for us? Is surrendering you to the Lord. Because I can't control you. I can't make you choose surrender. It's only the Holy Spirit working in your life that would lead you to a place where you would just want the good thing that God has for you more than you want to control the thing you have. And so I pray for you. I surrender in Jesus' name. Surrender you to the Lord. And if you would surrender your life to him, What you're actually saying to him is that, God, I believe you can do way more with my surrender than I can do with my control. And I believe that. And I believe that for you. So God, here we are together as a church family, so very near to Christmas, reflecting on Mary's story. And we're so thankful, precious Holy Spirit, that you are here. Sometimes we don't even know how to surrender. Holy Spirit, lead us into surrender. We thank you that, God, you sent the angel Gabriel to tell Mary that God is with you. You are highly favored. And then you gave us Jesus, who is Emmanuel, who is God with us. You're here, Lord. Some of us are calling out to you. We need you, and you're here. So together as a church family on this day, we say, Lord, we don't have the power to control, but we choose to surrender. We choose to surrender. Hear us, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.